my esteemed pleasure to be here, to stand here to speak a word on behalf of God as he give, gives me utterance. Just a feeble, sinful man. But I ask that you'd pray for me that by his grace, his words will be given to you. We live in troubled times. The apostle called it, called it perilous times. But this know that in the last days perilous times will come. Many of us today are bewitched by the ongoing trends in our society, bothered by the lack of progress and bewildered because no one seemed to care. In a time when the problems seem insurmountable, the church appears indifferent and heaven seems unconcerned with the need we cry, God, don't you care? And it was the same problem facing the disciples and the boat. I'd like to just reread one verse of the scripture reading, verse 39. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Today I'll speak to you, peace in the midst of the storm. Father in heaven, we thank you so much that we're privileged to be in your church, privileged to call upon your name. But we do so with a sense of security, a sense of assurance, and yet in deep humility. And now we pray that you bless this waiting congregation, and may your words be meaningful to us all. May they help us as we go forward to proclaim your news to all. In Jesus' name we pray. Now Mark's account of the, the exchange between Jesus and the disciples is very harsh. Mark's a young man and young people tend to be a bit brash, even then. And coming so early in the gospel, the disciples must have been youthful followers. Mark's account is full of youthful exuberance. Carest thou not that we perish? It is tantamount to an accusation of neglect. And everyone here today, I, I would say, can testify that there are sometimes times in our lives when we think that God has abandoned us and we are not alone. The psalmist had the same trouble. Job had the same trouble problem. He said, I looked to the north and the south, he wasn't there. I looked east and west and he wasn't there. And it is in those times, those very times, when God seemed to be absent, that we needed to display faith. It was Jesus who suggested that they get into the boat and cross over the other side. 
And notice that Jesus was first in the boat. He did not say, let, go, let us, and then stay behind. Because Jesus never sends us out alone. He never sends us unto, unto a mission unprepared. And he never sends us into situations in which he would not go. So if Jesus says go, we have the assurance, Lo, I am with you always. Our duty then is to trust him. We can trust him, for he is our shelter in the time of storm. He is a rock in the riverland, and he's a, my faithful guide in this run-down, misguided world. There are terrible storms that we are likely to encounter even on the path of discipleship. There are troubles from which goodness and integrity offer no immunity. And no matter how saved and sanctified you are, the storms will still go over you. No matter how happy and holy you are, trouble and sorrow will still come your way. No matter how perfect and pure you are, people will still talk about you. Sickness will still knock at your door. Your friends and loved ones will still leave you behind. And the bills will still be high. Being a Christian is no defense against calamity. But you can still have peace in the midst of the storm. Now, some people think that uh, Christianity should give a guarantee. They believe the church should provide a haven for the sanctified, and they get quite frustrated when they lose their way and they find it does no such thing. Some of us think that the Christian religion should offer some kind of insurance. But I want to say, my friends, we buy insurance and the more expensive, the greater the security. But the greatest security we could have in religion is security from death, and only Christ can provide that. But guess what? Salvation is free, free for whosoever will. All you have to do is come to Jesus as you are, accept of his free gift. Because if religion was a thing that money could buy, then the rich would have it and the poor would die. We wouldn't have a chance. But praise God, salvation is free. A world where Christianity issues guarantees, a world where Christianity is free from trouble, would not be a better world. In fact, it'd probably be worse. And yet God offers guarantees. Christ died to give us that iron cast guarantee, and he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Before you call, I will answer. Notice the words of Christ, I will, I will, I will. But there's a price to pay. And obedience is the price we pay. We just can't do as we like, eat what we like, go where we like. We must do according to the words of this book. This book. 
Sometimes it will hurt, but you have to hang on. As it says, no pain, no gain, no battles fought, no victories won. The harder the battle, the sweeter the victory. Just hold on to Jesus and ride out your storm. Christ didn't come to make us safe. He came to pay our debt. He didn't come to make us free from pain. He came to give us hope, hope of eternal life. He didn't say, sail with me and you'll have no storms. He never said, walk with me and there will be no thorns. No. He said, sail with me and though billows roll, I'll keep your soul because I care. Walk with me and when the going gets tough, I will carry you. And so today, someone here may be sailing in an ocean of regret, but today Christ is offering you an opportunity to change your course and lose the storm. Sometimes we feel like the disciples. How could God allow this to happen to us? How could he? In the film road to Galveston, Jordan's husband has died, leaving her nothing. Apparently they didn't believe in banks and so they had a, their saving tin and which they put in a hole in the backyard. So she went into the backyard and, and she dug up the, this old tin that had all their worldly possessions. And all there was in it was $900 and their farm owes $4,500. And in her distress, she cried out, how can God do this to me? She blames God for her adversity. And don't we do that times? Is not this the cry of people all through the ages? People who have been criticized, ostracized, and victimized. People baffled by life, battered by the winds of strife, and are overwhelmed by the mystery of suffering, with one desperate question on their lips. Does God care? People with one frantic search to the mystery of life. People who want nothing more than to have peace in their lives. Wanting to get away from the gossip and the treachery. But friends, there is no mystery to it. The secret of peace is having a relationship with Christ. A relationship with springs from a mature faith. And this is what the disciples lacked. And sad to say what many of us lack today. You see, we can be coming to church for years but still do not have a relationship with Christ. We have only a form of godliness. But if our faith has not been manifested in words, it is still dead. Peace comes by trusting God in the midst of the storm. 
Peace comes by trusting him irrespective, in spite of. If we have learned the value of friendship with Christ, we have mastered the secret of peace which passes all understanding. We have found the God who cares, the God who comes to us in the midst of the storm. Many of us today are struggling, struggling because we are under the weight of fear and doubt. But today I want you to know that someone cares. And you can still cry out, Prince of Peace, control my will, bid this Struggling heart be still, bid my fears and doubting cease. Hush my spirit into your peace. We can still cry out. For there is someone who is listening. And someone who is able to give you that peace. A wounded sailor, soldier lying in hospital was heard to say to the visiting minister, I have lost interest in everything. There's only one thing I would like to know. Does God care? Only one thing. Does God care? The songwriter says, oh yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. So I have a question. Can you say that and say it with confidence? That you know that Jesus cares. I ask because as a people of God, as a remnant which he has ordained to be the epitome of goodness and love, we so often display a blatant disregard for our fellowmen. Our pride gets in the way. And like disciples, we just want to be number one. But if we are to fulfill our mission, then we better pray, God, help me to care. God, help me to care. In a world where the mystery of evil and the problem of suffering are still shrouded in obscurity, a world where evil triumphs and the innocent die, where ten-year-olds are no longer safe, in a world which aggravates and denigrates the rights of man, who has not at some time asked the question, does God really care? But in the midst of the pain and suffering, in the midst of the heartache, the voice of God can still be heard. O ye of little faith. It is, not, is it not enough to know that when the storms come, I will be in the boat with you? Is it not enough that I am beside you when the problems come? We need a strong faith, a mature faith. The faith that the three Hebrew boys had. Even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, I'm going to still trust him. 
And so we need to cry, Lord, give me such a faith as this. And then whatever may come, I'll taste and hear the hallowed bliss of an eternal home. As brethren, we may suffer the same fate. We may even say we are in the same boat together. But are we in the boat with Jesus? Or more to the point, is Jesus in the boat with us? If Jesus is in the boat with us, we don't have to worry. Sure, we suffer loss and it pains. If Jesus is in the boat with us, all our fears are nothing for Jesus. With Jesus in the boat, we can smile at the storm. And as one writer says, if Jesus goes with me, I will go. I will go. The Christian doctrine does not tell us why troubles come. It offers no exemption for fear or doubt. It does not meet your questioning with some theory that will solve the mystery of our faith. It merely respects the promises of God. Call on me and I will answer and show you great and wonderful things. When you pass through the fire, I will be there. Nebuchadnezzar was right. God is in the fire with us. God is in the storm. God is in our joys and our sorrows. God is even in this confused, mixed-up world. And all we have to do is stay in the vessel and trust him to give us peace in the midst of our storm. Mark says that Jesus rebuked the wind with the words, Peace be still. No fuss, no bother, just an affirmation of faith in his Father. Who, in whom are we affirming our faith? Who, in whom are we affirming our faith? The songwriter said, the wind and the waves shall obey his voice. Peace be still, whether the waves of the storm-tossed sea or the demons or men or whatever it be, no matter, no water shall swallow the ship where lies the master of ocean and sky and seas. They all shall sweetly obey his voice. Peace be still. It is not that Jesus doesn't care, but sometimes we are so busy we don't see or hear when he answers or works in our favor. Peace be still. It was not just the angry waves that Jesus spoke to. He was not just talking to the troubled sea. He was also speaking to the faithless disciples. He was addressing the turmoil in their hearts, and today he is speaking to us. Today he is addressing the turmoil in our souls. 
He's speaking to the chaos and the confusion in our lives. And he's saying, peace, be still. Jesus is speaking to the anger and commotion in our souls, to our lack of faith. And he's saying, peace, be still. Speaking to the psalmist, he says, be still and know that I am God. He's saying, trust me, my child, because I am peace. God is a God of peace. He is peace, our peace. He made peace by the blood of his cross so he could reconcile us to himself and calm our fear, the fears in our lives. The Christian's answer to the mystery of suffering is not an explanation, but a reinforcing presence that says, in Christ there is a way. Christ is the way. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and he will stand with us through thick or thin. If we truly trust him, then we can say with the psalmist, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no ill, for thou art with me. It is comforting to know that no matter how bad the trouble is, no matter how strong the wave of discontent, and there's always plenty of discontent, the Apostle Paul says, we are troubled on every side, conflicts outside and fears within, fears within us and within the church. Nevertheless, God confronts those who are cast down. No matter how bad things get, Christ can still whisper, peace be still. One day, while Dante was, Dante was wandering over a mountain, he came across a lone, secluded monastery. He knocked at the gate, which was in turn owned by a monk. The monk uh, immediately saw his sad face, sad, pale face. Man was a pathetic m message of mystery and sorrow. The monks asked, What do you seek here? With a gesture of despair, the poet replied, I'm looking for peace. I'm looking for peace. Aren't we all searching for peace? But peace does not come from outside, but from inside. It does not come with the abundance of goods that one possesses. It comes through having the fruit of the Spirit. We can have it in the winter of age or in the spring of youth. We can have peace in a lowly cottage or in a stately mansion. We can have it in distressing pain or in buoyant health. The secret of peace is comradeship with Christ. 
So you can have peace in the midst of the storm if you have Christ within. We are in a race. Some of us started a long time ago and some of us just started. I say to you, my friends, I say to you, be careful how you run. I am saying to you as Jesus said to disciples, cross over, run well. There's no guarantee of smooth sailing, just a full assurance that with Jesus in the, in the vessel, you can smile at the storm. Run well, my friends, run well. Be constant in prayer, for God loves those who earnestly seek him. Be diligent in study, for his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Be constant in service, that you may hear the words, well done. Be tireless in your witness that you may fulfill the great commission, go ye into all the world. Hold fast, your cause is true. Stay in the boat, maintain your course, the end is assured. Be watchful to the end, for in a little while he that shall come will come and will not tarry. The songwriter says, Jesus gives me peace through the power of the cross. His banner over me, his love. He brought me to the banqueting table. His banner over me, his love. As my dear sister, my better half, my loving wife, my good companion, as she comes to sing to us. We need to turn, return that love, and always remember we can never outlove the Lord. Why she sings if there's someone here who thinks that Jesus can quell the storm in his life, then walk down to the altar. If you believe that today Jesus is knocking at your heart's door, then walk down as she sings. There have been times when And loving brought pain And I promised I would never Let it happen again But I found out That loving was well worth the risk And that even in losing you win. I'm going to live the way 
I'm going to give until there's just no
Alas, my good lady, to sing one verse more and then we'll close. He showed us that only through dying we live. And he gave when it seemed there was nothing to give. He loved when loving brought heartache and loss. He forgave at the old rugged cross. I'm going to live the way he wants me to live. I'm going to give until cross where burdens are lifted, we thank you for the cross, Lord. And we thank you that you are faithful to your word, faithful to your promise, never to leave us or forsake us. Thank you for the promise that in the midst of our storm, we can still find peace, because you are our peace. Amen. We thank you for these that have come to the altar. They will indeed find in you the peace which passes all understanding. The peace which the world cannot give. But a peace which comes through trusting the man Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to show love more and more each day. We love our fellow men as you have loved us. In loving them, we show kindness affection and the willingness to go the extra mile for them. So today, Father, we pray that you bless this congregation. Everyone who has come today, may you continue to bless them. That when they leave this place, they will leave not from your presence, but they will seek always to abide with you, so that they may find a peace and a comfort which comes from knowing you. 
Lord. Bless your people. Bless them real good. And grant that the week ahead might be joyful. That the week ahead they may testify to your goodness. They'll never forget who they are and whose they are. And that they can always find peace as they journey along with you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.